Welcome back to the Givology Impact Series podcast, in which we share the experiences and inspirations of social entrepreneurs and changemakers around the world in education. I'm your host, Yejide. Today, we are delighted to have An Tran from Vit Hope with us. Since 2002, Vit Hope has been supporting the education of driven, talented, yet disadvantaged students in Vietnam. Yet Hope has raised over half a million dollars from supporters and invested in more than 3,000 promising students in Vietnam through not only high-impacting scholarships, but also through uplifting personal and professional development programs. An Tran, president of Viet Hope, joined the team in 2014. He currently works at P2 Capital Partners, a New York-based hedge fund, as part of the firm's investment team. An graduated summa cum laude from Bodwin College with a BA degree in chemistry and mathematics and a minor in economics. Welcome on. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. Great. All right. So let's start at the beginning. Can you share with us the story of Viet Hope's founding and mission? Um, yeah, sure. So it's actually a, uh, a very interesting story. So um, Viet Hope was founded in 2002, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, by a group of Vietnamese undergraduate and graduate students at Harvard. Um, and it started as a uh, group of Vietnamese students uh, that just got together and uh, wanted to share their experiences as, uh, you know, study uh, students who either study abroad or had, um, you know, cultural connections with Vietnam. Uh, and gradually they asked themselves a question that, you know, really led to the hope in that um, what can they do to improve the socioeconomic um, uh, situation in Vietnam? Mm-hmm. And so that's how the hope really started. And um, they decided that, you know, um, in order to improve the economic conditions in Vietnam, um, they wanted to focus in the improvement in the human capital of Vietnam. And primarily, um, this starts at the student level. Um, so therapy hope was born as an education focused, uh, nonprofit that aims to empower, um, financially disadvantaged students in Vietnam, but you know, who has great potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, so that's how the hope got started. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so this was a group of you that, saw that there was a, that these students were willing and ready to do the work, but just needed to have the support and opportunity to be able to get the chance to do it. Yeah. And actually I was in one of the founders. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is, you know, call it 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so our founders, uh, that's, that, that was really the, the original intent of it all uh, mm-hmm. is that, you know, we saw a lot of, or by we, I meant our founders, mm-hmm. um, saw a lot of opportunities in Vietnam to focus on what they call, or at least what I would call, uh, higher at-risk uh, demographics in terms of students. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way it works in Vietnam is that, you know, students would really high, you know, call it the top 0.1% of the students, mm-hmm. uh, get, you know, a significant amount of, uh, of attention, um, you know, Student high high performing students in mathematics, science, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, will receive a lot of attention from the government and you know from other organizations just mm-hmm. because uh, you know uh, they are um, you know the resources of, of the country. Mm-hmm. 
Um, however, students, uh, you know, who may not be at, uh, um, um, yeah, such as like genius, I'll say, mm-hmm. um, doesn't receive as much attention. Uh, and especially the ones coming from rural areas mm-hmm. as well as, um, uh, financially disadvantaged, uh, family, mm-hmm. um, they see not much opportunities at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we believe, uh, at behold, we believe in terms of, um, if we were to improve the social economic uh, situation in Vietnam, the best way to do it, best way to approach it is not necessarily focus on the, the highest performers, mm-hmm. but focus on the next tier of performers, but who do not, who have the capability and mm-hmm. the drive to succeed, mm-hmm. but just do not see or have the financial means or the uh, opportunity to, to do so. Mm-hmm. So could you go a little bit more into exactly how you guys go about providing that support to that, I guess, like that second tier of students who don't get as much attention? Uh, yeah, so I think this is where we hope, uh, kind of differentiate ourselves in that. Um, so number one, the way we do it is um, um, in addition to scholarships, uh, you know, I think many education-focused organizations mm-hmm. uh, give scholarships, um, uh, which we think, you know, is very important. Mm-hmm. But I think the next question for us is, um, you know, on top of scholarships, how can we ensure the student success mm-hmm. in uh, the professional work? Because, you know, ultimately, that's what they need to do. They need mm-hmm. to get a good job, you know, mm-hmm. be, uh, have stability in their lives. And that really helps them in terms of thinking further and you know, more about the community um, and giving back. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, without that financial stability, it's very tough. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, even though we don't really focus on outside jobs and ability to get jobs, um, our focus is training our students and develop our students so that they become a, uh, um, um, you know, a uh, kind of their professional and their soft skills, mm-hmm. such as leadership, communication, teamwork, project management. Mm. Those are necessary skill shot, uh, skill, soft skills that we think will enable them to become successful or even get into the door at mm-hmm. some of you know the multi you know the multinational organizations or organizations that give them the best chance of getting that financial stability that they look for in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to scholarship. We provide training and development. So oh, I think that's a very big differentiation for us. Um, I mean, we, I don't think that, you know, giving out scholarship is easy. It's not, um, you know, uh, the, the, the requirements, the, you know, uh, checking the background, make sure that they are financially disadvantaged, mm-hmm. uh, and making sure that, you know, there's, there's no, uh, um, uh, you know, fraudulent or gaming the system here, mm-hmm. uh, because it's our donor's capital and we, we have the hope treat them very and bend them very carefully. Um, so we spend a lot of time making sure that, you know, the scholarship and the money that our donors give us and the capital that arrives at the student uh, on a one-to-one basis. Um, yeah, make sure there's no leakage within the system. Yeah. So we think that's very important. But the next step for us is how do you maximize that scholarship? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think uh, um, the world has changed, I think, uh, and especially yeah. it's even changing faster in the con- in uh, emerging uh, and developing countries like Vietnam. It mm-hmm. used to be that, you know, if you get, get a university degree and you can speak a little bit of English, you know, you're golden. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the competition is significantly higher. And we think that, you know, the students that don't have the financial resources to invest in professional training classes and courses mm-hmm. are the biggest at risk, right? Even though they have the drive and the ability to do it, it's just that they don't have access to these type of training. So for our students, we, uh, but I mean, the, the, the truth of the, the matter is, is it also doesn't have, we cannot give all of our uh, scholarship recipients um, the stimulus type of access. So we, you know, select, hand, select a smaller group of subsets um, and train them. And hopefully these students, uh, um, you know, will be, uh, will, and I mean, this is, I guess, a way to maximize our donors' donation. Mm-hmm. Um, and adding this next level of support. So I think that's, that's one of our biggest uh, key differentiator. And the second is we also focus um, on K-6 to K-12 students, so 6 to 12 grade. Okay. Um, a lot of organizations in Vietnam actually focuses on uh, college students. So I think it's, it's a little bit easier, uh, just operational, mm-hmm. uh, because the universities in Vietnam are located in bigger cities, um, and, you know, if you want to give scholarship to a hundred students, uh, all in one city, it's a lot, or, you know, a couple universities, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot easier than to find the students that are in need in the rural area. Um, so that's, that's something that we also do, uh, which I'm very proud of. Wow. You guys really look at, number one, you look at the, at the students holistically, you're trying to address beyond just academics, but the steps into the future for them and how they're going to be able to impact their own community so they can assist in, you know, changing cycles. And then it's really amazing too, that you're, you're looking at the students in, you said rural communities that may not be addressed, that would be harder to, they're not as easy to find as it is the students that go into the university in the city. That's, that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, um, and I'll say the third, that uh, we are very proud of as well. And I think it's just a testament of the way that our founders, uh, can't, I cannot take all credit for this, um, but our founders really focus on uh, creating the right community. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you know, when you ask our volunteers and our students in Vietnam, uh, they would describe the hope as a family. Mm. And it's because, you know, a lot of them are away from home. Uh, a lot of them coming from smaller cities, you know, think of coming from Missouri to New York, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Or myself, Bowden was in Maine, coming mm-hmm. from to New York. And mm-hmm. um, it's a sense of a community with, you know, students, of, with people who came from similar backgrounds as, mm-hmm. uh, as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's something that's, you know, very powerful because, I mean, right now, uh, the testament for it is we have about 250 volunteers in, you know, over, you know, I call it 15 years of operation, 15 plus years of operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that compares to U.S. volunteers group of call it 20. Um, wow. so, um, a lot of volunteers who developed them, you know, they went out and, um, um, you know, graduated, but they usually will come back and volunteer for Vinhope. Um, and that just kind of add on top of each other, mm-hmm. um, and compound and really compound. So, I'm, I say I'm very proud of that uh, achievement as well. Well, there's a lot to to be proud of in in all of that. So, going off of that, what would you say that? And I'm sure it's very hard to pick one. What would you say is one of the biggest accomplishments 
um, of Viet Hope since its founding and however you would measure that? Uh, yeah, so that's, that's a pretty poorly noted question. Uh, <laughs> uh, but just to give some facts, right? So uh, we gave 4,000 scholarships mm-hmm. over the, since our founding, um, mm-hmm. and that translates to about $630,000 that mm-hmm. we had given out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we call it train and develop uh, 800 students mm-hmm. um, of, of this group. So it's, uh, I think it's a lot of life that we have touched, uh, have been hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, you know, as I mentioned, I think statistics are important, but mm-hmm. I think um, looking around at our volunteer base, mm-hmm. um, I'm, very help- I'm very hopeful of the uh, hope future because you know, we have a great uh, young leadership team. Uh, and you know, matter of fact, when we started out in 2002 and through actually all the way to call it 2010, Mm-hmm. 2011, um, we had one executive director in Vietnam, and he runs pretty much everything. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, so we are very grateful of his uh, support over that time period. Uh, but since then, we have built a next, call it, generation of Vietnam leaders, and it's just not one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, we have, call it, one and a half uh, a full-time equivalent, so one full-time and one part-time uh, director in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And a team of about, call it, 10 uh, core volunteers mm-hmm. who help with all of these programs that we're doing in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, starting from the one person that, you know, if uh, it's a really you know, key risk, key man risk there uh, mm-hmm. to developing, you know, the next generation of you know, leaders and then continue on and, you know, building on top of that mm-hmm. uh, and make that team stronger. Um, I think that's, that's that's something that um, uh, we are very proud of at Happy at Home. That's awesome. It, it does really sound like the way you've built and structured the team that you guys have here on the ground in Vietnam and here has been really impactful to your success. Because it is a very unique model, yeah. intergenerational. I don't, I don't hear that too often. Right, right. And I mean, we have always had a concern of, you know, what happens to Vietnam five years, uh, mm-hmm. in five years, you know, who's going to lead it? Um, and at least in the, in Vietnam right now, uh, I think we have a lot of talent. Um, you know, we still have to spend a lot of time and effort, uh, to groom them, mm-hmm. uh, to develop them into, uh, you know, young, you know, they are highly talented, but, you know, you have to spend the time to mentor and grooming, uh, leadership. Um, and, yeah, but I mean, that question of, you know, whether Bithole would exist in another five or 10 years, um, I think that's depending on funding, obviously. Uh, but in terms of leadership, I don't think we are, uh, I think we are okay at that, uh, at this stage, which may not be necessarily something that, you know, uh, the, the, our founders, uh, would have been able to say, you know, 10 years ago or even five years ago. Well, that's some really serious innovation right there. So you had mentioned um, previously a little bit about the education system. Could you tell us a little bit more broadly about the um, mm-hmm. education system in Vietnam and the quality of public education that's available to students? Sure. Um, so in terms of the education system in Vietnam, it's actually very similar to the one in the U.S. Um, you know, you have grade one through five, and then, you know, six through nine is middle school, and then 10 to 12 is uh, high school. And then you go to university uh, in Vietnam, or you go study abroad, 
Um, and once you uh, have, you know, the university degree, uh, you typically will seek to either uh, um, to get a master or a PhD. But very small percentage of people will seek a master degree in Vietnam. Um, so I think uh, in overall, I think it's very similar to the U.S. Um, and in terms of the quality, I would say that it's, uh, the quality of the public education system in Vietnam is quite good. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's in the city, you know, in call it uh, sub uh, in uh, larger city, mm-hmm. uh, rural areas. There's definitely a uh, a, a diversion there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say, you know, uh, going back to the to the what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. um, rural students are much at much greater uh, risk of dropping out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you see that if you compare the dropout quality uh, of percentages, there's a big divergence between in the city versus rural area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the primary reason for that is, you know, students at the young age, they actually, I mean, this, this, this is almost a taboo, I think, in the U.S., uh, but the reality in the world is that, you know, if your family doesn't have the economic uh, means to support students going to school, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them will have to stay home to help the parents, especially the older ones. Mm-hmm. So they will say, you know, fifth grade is good enough. You can kind of read and you can kind of do math. Uh, uh, so, you know, I think you are old enough to help out with farming, you know, with, with, um, you know, catching fish from the stream with, you know, helping your little brothers and sisters out. Um, so those are actually, you know, kind of the key points at which the students may be forced to drop out of school um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, their, their family needs them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But um, that's why we come up with this way of giving scholarship to these students. And it's renewable, mm-hmm. uh, renewable. So we don't give it just one year. We continue if we have chosen a student uh, to give the scholarship to. And this is the merit scholar, uh, uh, merit scholarship. Mm-hmm. We give them from, you know, six, seven grade all the way to 12 grade until they graduate. Uh, university. So it's oh. a long term investment. Um, yeah. So I think we are very different and unique in supporting these, uh, these types of students in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then in terms of other quality, I would say it's, it's very math and science focused, mm-hmm. uh, and focus and really focuses on the top, you know, one to either probably 0.1%, uh, to, you know, mostly for Olympiad purposes. Um, you know, so well. Vietnam is, quite strong in the Olympiad, mm-hmm. uh, surprisingly, but, um, but, you know, a lot of it are not focusing on the soft skills, um, mm-hmm. you know, things like leadership, public speaking, how do you communicate to others? How mm-hmm. do you express your opinion? How do you think uh, logically about, you know, what is it that you're trying to say and how do you say it in more effective ways? Mm-hmm. So those are not necessarily things that are taught in school. Mm-hmm. Now, however, uh, students, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, uh, programs that caters to this type of training. Uh, so a lot of professionals, uh, uh, you know, schools that, that will, uh, and kind of centers, uh, training centers that will provide this sort of training, but mm-hmm. at a cost. And usually that cost is very high. Um, so it's really not attainable for students that come from financially disadvantaged families. Um, you know, who are literally struggling to, you know, to live in the city, uh, because a lot of them coming from the rural area, 
you know, things that used to cost a dollar, now all of a sudden it will cost six. Mm. Um, so we see a lot of that kind of dis- discrepancy and financially challenged uh, situation in, uh, in, in, uh, in university. Uh, and usually it's the first year. Mm. So actually for our other scholarship, we give to the first year students for this exact problem. Um, so. Oh, wow. So it, all in all, I think quality is good, but it's, it lacks the, um, uh, it lacks, you know, kind of the focus on, I guess not focus, but attention spent on lower income students. I see. So Viet Hope is really in the sweet spot in terms of the different arms and um, focuses that you have in addressing these issues. You're really right, um, right next to the issues that these students are dealing with. You had mentioned, I think you had mentioned that um, only a small percentage of people move on to attain a master's degree. Uh, yep. Why do you, would you happen to know why, why that would be? Is it something that is not needed in order to move forward in your professional life? Um, so it is actually needed. Uh, but the thing is that either you seek the master degree outside of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, going for an MBA in, you know, Australia, U.S., uh, the U.K., uh, Japan, you know, uh, Korea, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people do seek the master degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the issue for a lot of Vietnamese students is that, um, uh, number one, it costs uh, a significant amount of investment to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, you really have to be called at the top tier of students to proceed onto your master degree. I see. I see. So it's not, so a master, a school that offers a master degree, um, it's both merit. It's not just financial. It's just not, you know, you, um, you have to qualify in terms of the entrance exam for the merit, uh, for the master degree in order to get a master in, for example, in mathematics, right? Um, not many schools offer it and the selection of the class is very small. So yeah, the availability of schools who offer a master degree in mathematics could be very, uh, it's actually very small and class is also very small. So it's a combination of uh, just the way the, the, the system is set up. I see, I see. So again, it's going back. And PhD is even rarer. Sorry, did you say that one more time? Oh, sorry. Uh, PhD is actually even rarer. Oh, wow. So it's, it's rare for, yeah. for students to attain those degrees in country in Vietnam, but many people end up going out to attain them. Yeah. I see. And I wouldn't say a lot. I would say um, a, a decent number of uh, people do go for, you know, that's kind of their uh, chance to study abroad. So mm-hmm. they take advantage of that. I see. Okay, makes sense. But it's, you know, a significant cost. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to sh- shift us a little bit back to um, specifically to Viet Hope. Um, you kind of touched a little bit on this in our previous conversation, but what would you say are the most urgent priorities of Viet Hope today? Um, yeah, so I think in terms of um, of our priorities, um, they're, they're, they're quite a few. Um, cause, you know, I think we, uh, we are a growing organization. So, um, 
But I'll say that the most urgent priority of our organization today um, is how we can better develop our students for mm-hmm. today's challenging paper. Um, and as I mentioned before, you know, I think personally, I mean, coming from also a low-income background myself, um, once you get a good job and once your financial situation has been stabilized, that's when you can really start thinking about what else can I do other than trying to just survive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think that sometimes in organizations, non-profit organizations, that could be somewhat of a, you know, you shouldn't talk so much about jobs. But for us, I think, at least for me, uh, I think that's a very key point. Mm-hmm. Um, so my bit hope, my challenge for bit hope is, how do we? How can we improve from what we already have in terms of our development program, and can we adapt quickly enough um, to fit today's? I mean, to be honest, very stringent uh, hiring standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can we push our students to be better um, than the generations that came before them? Um, and you know, also leverage the the uh, the older generation and their expertise and their sharing in a more systematic as well as institutional way mm-hmm. to help this generation of students. And hopefully that cycle will continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately that will make the home students stronger mm-hmm. and getting where they want to get to uh, in their professional life. I see. So based off of that, what are some of the specific projects and scholarships you're currently running? Um, yes, yeah, so we are in the process of reviewing um, our curriculum, uh, but the challenge for us, honestly, is that um, I, I don't think any of us uh, at Hope has a master or a PhD in education, mm-hmm. or call it, you know, professional training. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think we would love to get, um, you know, we we are in the process of looking at uh, reaching out to people to. Uh, See if you know people who have expertise in that area uh, who can help us uh, improve our curriculum. Uh, we are doing it in house. I mean, I uh, also review the curriculum and you know look at it, but it's uh, it's not really my expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that we are lacking uh, to have them in. Uh, but that's something that we are looking at. Um, we are also in the process of expanding in uh, the central region of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So not sure if how uh, I think it would be helpful to give a little bit of background about that central region. Please. So if you look at Vietnam in the map, um, it's an S shape. So the middle part is actually highly exposed to the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually most of Vietnam is on the ocean side. Mm-hmm. Um, so every year, basically the the typhoon, which is the Southeast Asian version of uh, hurricanes here, mm-hmm. uh, come in and basically wipe out a lot of the crops. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year, so that region is is one of the most challenging regions in Vietnam to live in. Um, and you know, our focus has, uh, at Hope has been more in the south, uh, in the southern part uh, of Vietnam. So now, because of um, our ability to have a stable leadership team and adding capacity to the leadership team in Vietnam. Um, I think we are at the stage where we are comfortable with expanding to uh, the central region. Mm. Um, and recently, we actually just raised uh, $15,000 to spearheading this, uh, this, this effort. 
Um, and you know, I think that's the next step of challenge for us. It, how fast can we scale um, our operations in the central region so that you know, basically replicating what we have learned over the past, call it 10, 15 years in mm-hmm. the southern region and replicate it in the central region mm-hmm. so that we can help more at-risk students there. Just because it's such a challenging uh, geography for people. I mean, it's, it's, so just imagine every year you are facing with a hurricane that's similar to like the Puerto Rican hurricane that you have seen today, oh. uh, you know, this past year. It, yeah. It's really bad. Um, but, you know, people, they are resilient and we find them to be, uh, you know, the students there to be highly motivated, highly talented, uh, but just facing a lot of, of, you know, financial resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but we, we love the students there and, uh, we all, we do have a small operation there, uh, mm-hmm. but we'd love to scale that up, uh, over time. So that's the second, I would say, priority for us, uh, mm-hmm. currently. And, you know, third and but not last is continue developing our leadership because we firmly believe that, you know, even if we can raise a lot of capital or donations from donors um, with a strong management team and a strong leadership in Vietnam, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to execute on on the promise that we have given our donors. Mm-hmm. So that continues to be a focus. Those are all very important. What would you say is... What would you say are the most essential things you're gonna that are gonna affect your ability to scale in the central region? Um, I think is ability to find um, and develop the next layer, uh, the next generation of leadership. Okay. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we have. Uh, I think, but I'm, I say we are very confident in that, just because. Um, we have very strong, we actually have a very strong do- uh, volunteer base uh, uh, in the central region. Um, but, you know, that volunteer base of the older generation needs to pass down the institutional knowledge to the next generation of leaders. But at least, you know, we're not starting from scratch. Yeah. I see. That makes sense. I want to shift back a little bit to um, discussion we were having on on scholarships for your merit scholarship specifically, how do you go about selecting your students? The dollar scholarship yep. doesn't seem large. How does that also compare to the school fees? Yeah. Um, so for merit, so just to bring it back a, l- uh, a little bit uh, mm-hmm. as a background, uh, merit scholarship is given to K-6 to K-12 students. Um, so just uh, that, that's the background. Um, in terms of how we're selecting the, the merit scholarship, um, I would also say that VidHope is different, and I think you, you're hearing it mm-hmm. uh, consistently, is that we have a very big, uh, we have a, a, a team on the ground in Vietnam. So for these scholarships, uh, we actually do two phases. So the first phase is evaluating the student academic performance. Um, you know, obviously, we want to fund uh, the most promising students. And you know, students who have the best drive. Um, so that's first. That's the first step, uh, or first criteria. The second criteria is financial condition of the family. And there are a lot of different. There are a couple of ways that we go about in evaluating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing. So you know, in Vietnam, in um, um, in uh, within the government officials, um, they will give 
families with um, difficult financial situation, kind of a, I wouldn't say certificate, but a, uh, uh, like, I guess a piece of paper uh, mm-hmm. or a certificate that says, you know, they are of low income. I mean, think of, um, of uh, I, I guess, similar to the way that we have here in the U.S. Um, so there's a, there is a certification that, that qualifies that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, at Bit Home, we also send students and send uh, others, uh, all volunteers, down to that student, to the merit student uh, recipient or potential recipient to make sure that they, uh, the, you know, and diligent and do even, you know, underground diligence of that mm-hmm. family and make sure that, you know, we, you know, we, I mean, I don't want to say being cheated, but, you know, uh, the system is not being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And there are situations where, you know, uh, and, and the way we do it is we actually talk to the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we observe, you know, what, you know, how they interact. I mean, if some, if the students and their parents have, you know, three iPhones in their home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously they don't need a scholarship. So yeah. based on that, um, we also talk to the neighbors, right. And see, you know, Hey, you know, do they actually live here? Cause in one instance, you know, actually they, uh, this family, uh, live in a much larger house next door, but you know, they kind of point to the smaller one next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it being there, but their neighbor basically said, Hey, uh, that's actually not true. It's the one next to it. Um, so we also, you know, diligence would across the different neighbors and we are pretty methodical about it, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure that, you know, uh, um, um, we doing the, you know, we, we, we being thorough about it. Um, so that's the second piece that they, uh, that we will evaluate on the financial background. Um, yeah, so the, the, uh, the second piece is the amount of scholarship. Uh, it's about $150 a year. Per student. Uh, previously, we were giving $120 per student. Uh, but, you know, what we uh, had evaluated is that tuition fee is around $110 to $125 a year. Mm-hmm. And we would like to give a little bit more for the students so that they have a little bit more to spend on their, um, uh, you know, the different classes, for example, like English or uh, computer science classes uh, mm-hmm. outside of school. Mm-hmm. Because this is very important for them to get into university. Um, so it's a, we, we increased that amount to about $150 uh, starting in 2017. I see. Not only towards the tuition fees. Right. It's tuition plus, uh, I would say, extra schooling or training um, outside, of, outside of that. It's mm-hmm. not much, uh, but it helps. Um, and the other thing I would say is we... Uh, um, our team has been propo- uh, proposing this to the board, our board, uh, and got this approved, is that we will be adjusting our scholarship amount uh, based on local inflation as well. So, you know, Vietnam inflation is actually relatively high. It's called it 7 8% mm-hmm. a year. Um, so it doesn't make sense for this 8% to compound, you know, against uh, our amount for, for um, a long period of time. So we'll be adjusting this based on the inflation, local inflation, I and see. obviously foreign exchange rate. But mm-hmm. uh, this is that's also starting. Yeah. I see. I, like I think you used the word previously. You you all are very methodical with how you go about going and screening the students, and then also considering, and even down to considering how to to raise t- um, the scholarship fees. And I'm sure it really it really lends itself to the amount of impact that you all have been having over the years. 
yeah, we, uh, we also just trying to do, you know, our best to help, uh, um, our students in Vietnam as well as, you know, being, um, uh, doing the best of our ability to, uh, do what we have promised our donors that we're going to do. So. Definitely. So where would you say some of your, uh, past Viet Hope Merit Scholarship graduates are today? Um, yeah, so actually, uh, there are quite a few, um, uh, great antidotes. And I think that's something that we are very proud of. Um, so the most recent is, uh, the six, um, so in the central region, we have six merit scholars, uh, there. Uh, and we've been helping them since, I mean, I think the, the, the longest that we have helped, uh, the student was six years. So six steps, six grade, all the way to 12 grade. Mm-hmm. And the most impressive stat I've seen is six out of six of these students are going to the top university in Vietnam. Point, just period. Oh, wow. Um, so I, so I think that's something that I think we are very proud of. Um, and I think the, I mean, in terms of college acceptance rate in Vietnam, it is scary, at least at the top university, it is scarily low. And it tends to favor, you know, students from the big city, mm-hmm. uh, bigger city. Um, so we are very proud of their achievement. Um, one of them, um, we, um, uh, Nhi, uh, she received the merit scholarship, um, and, you know, participate in, in our program from 2013 to 2016. Mm-hmm. And currently, you know, she is a, uh, uh, first year at the National University of Ho Chi Minh City, mm-hmm. College of Information Technology. And she's doing, uh, she's majoring in, um, in, um, uh, software engineering. Oh, wow. So I think that's very, that's very, very, um, uh, that's, that's just very encouraging. Mm-hmm. And the story that she, um, that she had uh, shared with us is that, you know, her family, uh, because of a failed clam harvest. So, you know, the, the seafood mm-hmm. clams, mm-hmm. um, six years ago, I mean, in 2000 and, well, 2013 conference, um, the family was in debt of more than like $500, which is not a big amount now. To us in the U.S., it's a huge amount in Vietnam, and it's a much bigger amount in rural areas. Mm. Um, So it's it's a very touching story because every single day, the creditors will literally show up at at her family uh, home and basically demand that they get repaid. And wow. as a result, she became very, um, uh, very shy and reclusive just because, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's tough when, you know, people do this in front of you every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then the second piece is the family, uh, the family welcome a newborn. And then, you know, during this, this time, this challenging time, and then the older brother, uh, drop out of college after three years mm-hmm. because he was just, you know, it was just tough, right? So basically the, the family ended up in a very vicious cycle of, you know, working, uh, and then repaying debt, et cetera. And, um, she shared with us that the best thing that ever happened to her was that, you know, because of the merit, our merit scholarship and, um, the support program that we have, which was called great, uh, basically similar development program that we have for K6 football. Um, about, you know, living skills, motivation, career orientation, et cetera, that they, that, you know, he, 
basically regain his confidence and thought that, you know, me going to university is actually a possibility after all mm-hmm. and not something that's just a piker. So I think in addition to financial support, it's also that emotional support that mm-hmm. says, hey, you know, not you, compared to other students with difficult situation, yours may not be the worst. And from the older generation, when they hear stories of how difficult it was for them, um, a lot of these students get inspired and think that, and, you know, and seeing real life examples, and you know, obviously you, you, you read about it on the news, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But when you are able to interact with them, asking them questions and hearing stories that are from real people, um, I think it gives a much I guess, higher dose of impact and inspiration than, you know, just reading about it from, you know, the news. Um, so, I mean, he, he uh, she, she really um, was able to overcome both the financial difficulty mm-hmm. as well as um, the, the courage and the confidence to believe that she can achieve these goals and set out and do it. Um, and, you know, and I would like to say to be hope help out along the way, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, these are the students that we invest in. You know, they have mm-hmm. the drive, they mm-hmm. have the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. All they have to be is some financial support. Obviously, that's important, but also being inspired and believing in themselves and the confidence um, exactly. to go and execute. So, yeah, exactly. She's really a prime example. I'm sure you have so many more of be it hope right. in action. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, reading these stories are something that, you know, I mean, sometimes life gets stressful and you know, when I'm running around trying to figure out why thoughts are down, when you know, have to do, um, uh, you know, work with the board and work with our leadership teams in Vietnam for an, an operation. Um, it's really going back to these stories that help me say that I'm doing this for a reason and this is why I uh, think this is the, the mission um, and believing in it. It helps. It also helps me as well. <laughs> Most definitely. I could, I could see why or I could hear why. Yeah. Would you say that most of the students that begin being supported by Viet Hope continue being supported throughout their primary and secondary education? So if someone joins in, they start being supported in maybe third grade, they continue being supported until, um, until 12th grade. Yeah. Uh, I'll say um, the majority of it. So we have this the renewal application every year for merit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just because you receive it the first in your in grade six, um, you will be guaranteed until grade twelve. Mm-hmm. We just don't think that's the right incentive structure for mm-hmm. them to perform and demonstrate that they have um, taken big home uh, scholarship and improved them themselves with it. So every year we have a renewal process. Um, and the renewal high rates are pretty high, uh, but we do look into, you know, and if we see a drop in you know, academic performance, um, we will ask the question of why. And you need to convince, the students need to convince us that uh, they need to do better next year and there is a reason why they're great strong. Um, we understand that, you know, people, and, and it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a, hey, you know, you're great job and therefore, you are no longer qualified for renewal. Um, we go through it and, you know, kind of speak to every student individually to make sure mm-hmm. that we understand the story and make our judgment on that. We don't say, uh, we, we try not to be biased about it because it's, 
it's you know, real life is difficult and things change. Um, so that's the first step that we will do. And the second is uh, we will revisit uh, the, uh, the family's home to mm-hmm. make sure that their financial situation hasn't changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, a lot of the rural family, um, their lives are based on farming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and farming can be very volatile. So one year you can be like, you know, you, um, uh, parents, uh, can be a fail harvest and, you know, you'll be in a lot of debt. But the next year, if it's very successful, then their, you know, they will, uh, their financial situation will improve significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to make sure that we take this into account and make sure that the scholarship that it's not going to someone who can afford education and instead not being distributed to someone that needs it more. Mm. Um, so we, we go through the same process every year. I see. I see. That makes sense. It, it is, it, based on your model, it seems like it wouldn't, it would definitely make sense to go back and have that consistent reevaluation and kind of like, again, using mm-hmm. the word, meticulously going through to see, like, is this someone that still needs the support? Where are the areas in which right. they could use additional support and things like that? Well, let's right. shift a bit to the mechanics of the organization. In terms of measuring your impact, are there any metric or um, metrics or tools that you use to quantify and evaluate impact? Uh, yeah, so that's a very good question. Uh, and it's also really tough in education. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and to be honest, I mean, this is something that we would love to get some help with. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, I personally don't believe that we have all the answers. We have all the tools and mm-hmm. metrics to quantify and evaluate impact. Uh, mm-hmm. but this is really important. Uh, and we're in the process of evaluating this. Um, but I think in terms of, um, general stats, uh, what we look at is for the K-6 to K-12 students. Um, so this is actually the easiest group that we track. And, the, and the, the metric here is how many of them graduate from college, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, graduate from high school and, you know, call it, calculate the, uh, the dropout rate from high school or middle school, mm-hmm. um, throughout, throughout the, 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 um, uh, the students, um, uh, process, uh, mm-hmm. or progress through, you know, I say progress through, through school. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I'll say we have, I mean, it's relatively not that high, but we do have instances where, you know, we've been supporting the student for four, five years. Um, and, but, you know, it's, uh, he or she will end up dropping out of school because things have just become so much challenging for their family. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think it, I mean, one of the saddest story I've heard is, you know, the, the dad passes away. Uh, and after going through a lot of, you know, uh, fighting against cancer and using a lot of the family's capital. And also just put it in perspective, uh, Vietnam insurance is not as great as mm-hmm. it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it comes out of pocket, of the family's pocket. So when a, uh, uh, when a family member gets sick, it becomes even more challenging. And, uh, uh, that student was at an age where, uh, uh, he could go work. And that's uh, his ultimate decision. And, you know, uh, as much as we hate it, um, it's the right thing to, for him to do in that specific circumstances. 
Um, and I think the, the best thing that we can tell him is, you know, we can uh, help him uh, if he decides to come back to school. And, you know, we would love to, to, to uh, and hope that he continues with his education. Uh, but situations like that, I think, is we try our best to convince the student not to drop out. I mean, at least after five years, that's a lot of capital. Um, but, you know, I think we, as a person, I think uh, we still had delivered some impact to him, just not, uh, it, just the end is not what we want it to be. Um, so there are situations like that, and we monitored uh, those very closely. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you can't have 100%, um, mm-hmm. but we, we're pretty close uh, there. Um, right. And, but I mean, I think in terms of, but speaking from a, I guess, more um, scientific way, is if we want to evaluate impact, I mean, you have, kind of have to do A-B testing, mm-hmm. right? You know, if we were to give a uh, home scholarship to this group of student A and the exact same group of student without receiving home scholarship, mm-hmm. is there a difference in the dropout rate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we think about impact, but it, uh, personally, I don't even know if that. The, if, if that's possible or how we should go about measuring it uh, because we can only, you know, kind of go with what our students group uh, do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of impact, I mean, the, I guess just speaking from my very analytical mindset is, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you should do it, A-B testing, but it, it's tough. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, if you know anyone who would be interested in providing some, uh, you know, uh, pointers or, have to think about uh, evaluating impact, you know, we would love to hear it just because oh. we are not expert in this. So, I yeah. see. Well, of course, I'll definitely share that with the team and um, also with any of our members and see if we have anybody in the pipeline that could provide those resources for you guys. Yeah, yeah that would be very helpful. <laughs> no problem. So it seems like your team, you've kind of mentioned multiple times, it's kind of been woven in the story about how much the team that you guys have built is the secret to the amount of impact and the success of, of the at hope. What do you think has galvanized your volunteers so much and even you to want to give so much of um, so much time and so much heart to this work? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, that's, that's a very, uh, that's a very good question. Um, I think Viet Home has this drawn to it um, that I feel very special and different from other organizations that I have seen. Um, I think, you know, when I, I would say that Viet Home is, and I think a lot of volunteers, both in the U.S. and in Vietnam, would say that them, is that Viet Home is kind of the second family. Um, everyone are very close to one another, but I mean, we are also very honest to one another, mm-hmm. um, just because because, you know, we, we know each other really well. Um, and, yeah, I think it's, it's that closeness. It's that, uh, you know, everyone at the home, I think our mentality is, you know, it's not on, you know, uh, uh, you know, responsibility. And, well, sorry, that's, that's the wrong way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, on organization. It's not, you know, every, I mean, the way I work is that I'm the president and I have three other vice presidents within our organization mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the very senior level. Um, but I would say that every, almost every single decision is a group decision. 
Um, mm-hmm. I would never, you know, we would never have the mentality that, hey, the president will say X and that will be the okay. case. That will just be what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sometimes you need, you need, you know, umpires to make sure that, you know, the discussion is uh, progressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the way we make decisions are very simple. Um, same thing with Vietnam. Uh, and we encourage everyone to voice their opinion. Um, and we make, and I make very sure that, uh, people know that their opinions are being valued and being listened to. Um, and make sure that, you know, and I think that's a, that's personally, that's my way of, um, getting, uh, all volunteers to stay involved is that, you know, their message, uh, their messages are being heard and opinions are being listened to. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the culture within Big Home and that have kind of um, uh, really drawn people in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we really care about the students. We care about the organization. We care about uh, um, others within the organization. Um, and we are friends, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at, the, at the very least. Um, so, yeah, so I would say, you know, um, it's the emphasis on teamwork. Uh, emphasis on communication and transparent, mm-hmm. um, and emphasis on developing, uh, students. And, you know, so I say, you know, if you just give that scholarship, right, I think that, that becomes very, uh, routine. Uh, you just kind of raise money, you, you give it out and you kind of flush and repeat the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but for home, I think our focus is so much on development. So the, the very key question for us is always, how do we get better? What can we do for our students more? What can we do more of? How can we connect them to opportunities? How can we leverage our relationships so that these students um, have the best coaching and training that they can possibly receive? Um, so I think that really pushes us to work very tightly with one another and not just, you know, kind of raise money once we get there. It's kind of, okay, we're done for this year. Um, so I think it's also, that's, that's probably the next, um, also a, a big impact to how we hope, um, uh, I guess the team stay together as well. That's amazing. Like you, like you said multiple times, this is very, this is very, very unique in terms of an organization, um, of this size to have this type of family feeling to it. And I guess that is really what what has people has that intergenerational group working so well together for so long. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We are very fortunate to, uh, to have uh, all the hunters and, uh, you know, the people and the founders and the people who uh, gave us the opportunity to do at least me and my, um, and uh, my current team to have, uh, an awesome and lovely organization to, uh, to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. We are very grateful. We love it. Not, <laughs> not, not every, not all organizations will end at this point, but, you know, um, love to contribute more and, uh, you know, make sure that we stay within our culture, um, and make sure that, you know, we, we be respectful to our volunteers and transparent and, and communicate as a team. Most definitely. As you look into the future, where do you see Be at Hope five or 10 years from now? Um, I will probably not going to comment in four ten, just because, you know, that's, that's very, very, uh, far out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 
I mean, you know, I think a lot of things will change between uh, between five and uh, five and ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so you know, in terms of five year, uh, my vision is that I would like to build you know the best education focused nonprofit uh, leadership team in Vietnam that we can possibly build. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned this repeatedly. I think this is a very uh, important mission for the organization mm-hmm. uh, because we believe that having the right leadership team means we will have access uh, and find you know the best students that are um, uh, most eligible and have the best chance to succeed of uh, success um, in Vietnam and and. I mean, obviously, I, our, my team in the U.S. cannot do it. Mm-hmm. So it has to be the Vietnam team that will be responsible for it. And we really believe in investing in that team. Um, and then the next, uh, and the next level uh, for us is also, you know, getting, and I think this is something that we should do more of, is uh, start reaching out to local as well as international experts um, who can help bring us to the next, uh, level in terms of you know things like development program training, mm-hmm. um, you know what the, what are some of the new skills that that our students um, should be receiving in order to be world class professionals, uh, you know in whatever field that they they decide to go into, um, and you know what can we you know what can we do more of to help our students to succeed? So I think that that's kind of you know in five years that. So, what I would love to um, um, to see the help get to, and you know, obviously in terms of donation, uh, uh, I would say that you know I would love it to be more, obviously <laughs> to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think it, it, it's also um, you know, I think a lot of people ask me if I were to give you you know two x of what you typically raise, what would you do? Um, and I would honestly say, I don't think I can look at our donors with a straight face and say, I can scale up and double our the scholarship that we're giving, mm-hmm. or even our operation, uh, in an effective way. Because mm-hmm. right now, our leadership team is still in the process of building. Um, and, but once I think we have that, that very base, that base very solidly built, um, I think we'll be very much, much uh, more ready to take on something like that kind of challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's just the, the right way to scale. And uh, that's what we are hoping that we can achieve in five years. Oh, wow. So once again, it goes back to, to the team and building the team so that you can scale, you can do more, you can, you would be able to um, handle hopefully the influx of, of donations and things that will come from your way. And I think, and I think one thing that we are also very mindful of is sustainability. Uh, I think all everything that I said here, I think, points to sustainability and, mm-hmm. and how can we hope still be around in ten years? Yeah. I guess you know, where do you see we hope in ten years? I think hopefully still be around and still hopefully mm-hmm. running, uh, hopefully better than what what we are doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's my job. I think my biggest job is to make sure that we are ready uh, to face whatever we are facing in five years. And definitely, hopefully, we'll be around in time and have a process um, through which the team can grow and can be developed um, um, for their, you know, for the challenges that are ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are some ways people can get involved with Viet Hope and Give? 
Uh, yeah, so we are, uh, you know, well, number one, we welcome donations of any type. Um, mm-hmm. You can donate uh, either through, you know, obviously, Givology or Behold.org or even through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually are a uh, Facebook official uh, nonprofit partner, and they don't charge a fee. So oh. I, mean, I think we are pretty frugal. So, <laughs> you know, 2% uh, is, that's always nice to not have to pay a, a, a fee. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, we, we definitely welcome any donation, uh, first and foremost. And then in terms of, you know, I, I think I've been mentioning, uh, we are doing a lot of initiatives uh, internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that we're doing is, you may notice that uh, our website, um, yeah, I, it's somewhat embarrassing, but I can't say that I love the look of our website currently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of great info, but it needs to be brought up to, you know, today's standard and mm-hmm. today being 2018 and 20, uh, you know, 2020, not, you know, 2005. Um, so, you know, website designer, graphic designers, et cetera, you know, we would love to get some help there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next piece, I think, is contact. Um, we want to bring our development curriculum and maximize that, uh, you know, to the, you know, bring it to the next level. Um, and, you know, if anyone has a, you know, background in education and professional training, um, and would like to work with us to develop our programs in Vietnam, um, you know, that'd be awesome. Um, that's a big thing for us. Uh, and then least, but not, uh, last but not least, um, we are, you know, constantly building out our donors, uh, relations and marketing team. Mm-hmm. Um, so any help with social media planning, you know, content, newsletter writing, editing, uh, and then, you know, expertise on how to set up CRM and tracking kind of communication and communication effectiveness with donors. Um, mm-hmm. We would love to speak to uh, to you as well. <laughs> That's fair lot that we can we can uh, get some help on. Yeah. Most definitely. So, to any of our listeners, you heard it here. They are looking for assistance in so many arenas. So, feel free to reach out. So, where can they reach you if um, anyone's interested in providing support or just giving and learning more about um, Beat Hope? Yeah. So we can. Uh, you can reach us through info at beathope.org. Uh, or you can reach me directly at on at anh at vithope.org. Those are probably the easiest way to, to reach us. There we go. And we'll include that in the show notes as well. All right. Uh, I think Perfect. this is a good place for us to bring it to a close. Thank you so much for providing your time and sharing with us about the experiences and the inspirations and different things that you, that Be It Hope is doing and, um, what is really driving your team forward and the work that you're doing at Vietnam? Perfect. Yeah, really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity and to work with Viabology. Uh, you guys always been great. And, uh, you know, thank you for your support. And um, I'll be happy to hope. Thank you for everyone who's listening.